0: When you are communicating with your reader through your nonfiction book, there's a balance. They have to feel understood and seen, but they also need to feel respected. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to The Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and today I am going to share with you something that is really vital to all authors in any genre. I'm going to share with you some ideas on how to develop a strong connection with your reader. Obviously, if you've ever had that experience of when you're reading a great novel, for example, and you just felt so compelled to keep reading that you'd stay up way later than you should and tell yourself just one more chapter, just one more chapter until one becomes two and two becomes three. And next thing you know, you're putting the book down when you have finished and the sun is coming up. And, you know, that is an incredible achievement, really, for an author to be able to enthrall a reader at that level. But it's not just the attention and the inability to put the book down that counts. What actually has been discovered is that when we are enthralled by a story, our brain releases more oxytocin. Now, oxytocin is a hormone that we make inside our own bodies, and its nickname is the bonding hormone. So mothers and babies, mothers release oxytocin in their brains, and babies release oxytocin in their brains when they're nursing, right? If you rub your puppy's ears, that actually makes your dog feel more bonded to you. So it's a powerful hormone that mammals have. And when your readers are reading and really engrossed in your message, they're actually producing this bonding hormone in their brains. And I think it's very interesting, and this might even be a way to explain why we choose the spaces in our homes. Where do we choose to read? Now, if you're like many people, you probably have a favorite spot in your house that you like to read. Maybe it's your favorite chair or, you know, near a window in your favorite special corner of your home, or more likely you're probably reading in bed, right? Like most people, many, many people at least love to read in bed. And bed is likely one of the most, if not the most, intimate places in our home. It's where we have the greatest need to feel safe. And it's because that's where we're most vulnerable and we're most willing to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And so that oxytocin release that we get reading a good book will feed that sense of safety and make us feel comfortable and cared for. And this is my segue to writing nonfiction books. Because while it's cool to be sucked into a novel to the point where our brains are pumping oxytocin as our bodies are pumping adrenaline, but you can actually create a connection with your readers when you're writing a nonfiction book as well. The mechanism, though, I would argue, is slightly different. Because, yes, of course tell compelling stories in your nonfiction book, but more likely, or at least as equally important with a nonfiction book, that you must make sure the reader feels that you see and understand them, that you are aware of whatever it was that had them pick up your how-to book or your self-help book or your fitness or nutrition book without feeling like you are putting them in a big bucket. So I'm going to break this down for you a little bit more. So I'm going to give you five tips on how to help you write a book that creates a connection with your reader. So the very first thing that you need to do is before you write, know who your ideal reader is. Who are you talking to? Who are you writing to in this book? I make my clients do this exercise where we identify a single person who they know, who is in their life right now, maybe as a client or, you know, even a relative. It really just depends on what kind of book they're writing. But writing to one person and identifying what that person wants, why they think they don't have it, what is it costing them not to have whatever it is that they want, and other questions that really get into the psyche of your reader. One thing I am not an advocate of is creating an imaginary avatar of the Frankenstein version of your quote-unquote reader who doesn't actually exist in the real world And you're making it up in your head what you think they care about. I find that to be the opposite of effective when it comes to writing books. So really pick a singular person that you're writing to and understand it doesn't matter nearly as much what their job is, where they live, whether they're married or divorced, how much money they make, how many kids they have or don't have. None of that matters as much as your reader's emotional life. So the key here is understanding your ideal reader on the emotional level. What matters to them? What are their values? What keeps them up at night? When you write to those concerns, when you write coming from that place of awareness, your message transcends demographics and you can get those readers' brains pumping that oxytocin in buckets, right? Okay. So the next thing is where we tug on the reins a little bit with tip number one of knowing and understanding your ideal reader. Because when you are communicating with your reader through your nonfiction book, there's a balance. They have to feel understood and seen, but they also need to feel respected. And so the art here is that in your writing, you communicate empathy and understanding Without making assumptions about your particular reader's experience. So, you want to use language that leaves room for you to be wrong. So, let me give you an example. One way you could write to your reader, let's say you're writing about a particular experience that you figure your ideal reader is having or has had at some point. So, you could say, I understand the situation you're likely in, and you might feel This way about it is a much better choice than writing, I know you must be blank. And I've read this, by the way, in many, many nonfiction books where the author makes that leap of assumption and presumption of what I'm experiencing. And for me as a reader, that's when the rebel in me comes out and is like, You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't know what my life's about, right? That's not creating a connection. That is actually that may cause your reader to put the book down and never pick it up again, right? And this is actually also a very real psychological trigger. Nobody likes to be told who they are, right? Nobody likes to be told how they are feeling and what they're experiencing. On the other hand, they are open to suggestion. So that's why how you say it when you are communicating empathy is vital if you want to really build that connection with your reader. Hey, before we dive back into the rest of this episode, I'd like to give you a quick reminder. If you're enjoying the content, please remember to show us some love, hit subscribe, and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Your support keeps our show going strong. Thanks so much. Now, back to the show. All right. In a similar vein, the next tip is never refer to your reader with a plural anything, okay? Reading is a solo act. You have this opportunity to create intimacy with somebody who has your book in their lap and a pillow behind their head, and they're reading your book in bed. So they're not sitting in an audience of 100 people. It's supposed to be A one-to-one conversation. You never talk at your reader. And when you refer to readers as all you readers out there, you've just erased the feeling of intimacy. Because right up into the moment that you wrote that, or they read that, right up into that moment where they read that, they have the feeling that they're having a one-to-one conversation with you, an intimate one. Where you are focused on them and they are focused on you. That's actually the feeling. And think about when you've had that experience with a book, right? Have you ever read a nonfiction book where you felt that the author was like in your head? Oh my gosh. I've had people say that to me. I've had people say that to my clients. I just felt like you were in my head. And now I hear you in my head whenever I'm doing this thing that you taught me about. I hear you in my head telling me what to do or giving me advice or reminding me who I am. And the way that we do that is we don't break that connection by calling your reader all you readers. So always remember, as far as the reader's concerned, it's just between the two of you. It doesn't matter if you sell a million books. And you won't sell a million books, probably, if you don't remember that, unless you're really outstanding at marketing. Anyway, the next tip is to lead your reader like a great tour guide. I have written about this and spoken about this at length. When people are invited to read a book and they're in the process of reading a book, it's very important that they know all the time where they are and where this bus is headed, right? So I always say, don't write with the white van approach, right, <laughs> where you pull up to the curb, swing the, the slide door open and, and, you know, yell at your reader, get in, get in, you know, <laughs> and then they're like, where are we going? And it's like, no, you'll find out. It's going to be great. Get in, right? That actually works for some forms of entertainment, right, where we want to be surprised and it's okay to feel a little terrified, right, like if we're at a funny show or something like that, <laughs> where we kind of have that, Ugh, especially like if we might get called on and get called up on stage, right? But it doesn't work for books. For books, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. I've had this experience many times, right? If I'm reading and I feel like the author doesn't know where we're going, the author doesn't know where they're taking me, I stop reading and I don't feel connected to the author. In fact, I feel a little worried that if I keep reading, they're going to take a few hours of my life that I can never get back because we're not going to land anywhere, right? So it's very important that you lead your reader like a great tour guide. We're here now here's where we are now. Notice this, notice that, notice this. Cool. Got it. Great. Now here's where we're going next. This is what you're going to love about where we're going next. Now, of course, I'm oversimplifying, and it should never sound that canned in your book, but I hope you get the idea of taking them by the hand and leading them and making them feel safe and making them feel like, yes, I know I'm going somewhere that I'm trying to get to, and this author is my guide. The next tip that I want to add that I think is super important and maybe the most important of all when you're writing a book and you want to create a connection with your reader is to allow yourself to be vulnerable and show some humility. Vulnerable and humble. I don't know about you, but when I read a book or frankly, when I see somebody speak, And the whole thing is just about all the wonderful things that they've done and accomplished and how amazing they are. I not only don't feel connected, I actually feel kind of irritated, like I'm just letting this person stand there and stroke their own ego or sit there and, you know, expect me to read this book and just eat up everything that makes them look great. The fact is that to create a connection with your reader... And also, frankly, in order to inspire your reader, you must be willing to tell some stories about when you failed, to reveal to your reader that everything wasn't always easy all the time, that you had to overcome obstacles, that you had setbacks, that you have struggled. And by doing that, you not only create a connection and potentially build a strong connection with your reader. And I I think that perhaps even more importantly, you give the reader hope. If all you tell your reader is every time you got it right, they're going to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I don't think I could ever get all those things right all at once. Maybe I shouldn't try. And I believe if you're sitting here listening to me and you chose to hear a podcast about how to connect with your reader, my bet is you don't want your readers to feel uninspired, right? You don't want your readers to feel inferior to you or to anyone else. So be willing to tell the tales of when you failed and your reader will reward you with giving you that connection and allowing you to, they're going to carve out a spot where you can live inside their heart and mind for many years to come.